Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Join us every weekday at this time to discuss news, spend time in the Word, and receive answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, good morning, Kathy. Uh, today is Friday. Uh, this is Christmas Eve. It's going to be aired on Christmas yes. Eve. Merry Christmas Merry Eve. Christmas. Uh, and uh, normally we do End Times Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about present time Friday, <laughs> Christmas yes. Eve, uh, Christmas season. Uh, what a beautiful uh, time! Yesterday we had Dan and Kat and Linda on. Yeah, uh, so much fun. And right? that was that was really fun to explain uh, our Christmas traditions and how significant they were, mm-hmm. and some of the things that they were able to share. And uh, you can tell both of them, and, and with all of us, we get the privilege of of great great joy yes. uh, during the Christmas season. We, we, we've learned, both of us have learned how to celebrate Christmas. So absolutely, uh, we pray that everybody does. But, uh, you know, one thing, one of the messages that we've been talking about actually over the last couple of weeks as we head into Christmas is Emmanuel, God with us. And that's kind of a word that you received. Yes. Uh, and tell us a little bit more about that. So we, and then we can, we'll read a, a chapter about uh, what was said to Joseph and then explain a little bit further what that means. But how did you receive that and what, what the, how did that come to you? Yeah, um, oh goodness, I should have pulled my journal back to, to look and see where it all started. But essentially, um, right after Thanksgiving, God laid on my heart in my abide time that he wanted me to fully understand the beauty and the gift of Emmanuel God with us. Mm-hmm. And, um, and just actually recognizing that if we got that message to the core of our being, and he wanted me to be sharing that message with other people too during this season, that would change everything literally it would change you know when we walked into the room knowing he was with us it would change when we walked into that financial situation that was intimidating that we knew he was with us it would change when someone said something that hurt us it would change our response because we knew our loving father was with us and then as it unfolded throughout the month he has continued to just um, actually have me press into verse after verse there's only three verses in the bible that actually have the word Emmanuel, God with us in there. Right. But then he had me press into all these other verses that were that spoke of what it is for God to be with us and what that looked like. And the sweetness of that during the season has been beautiful. So anybody who um, just has a yearning to do that, I would encourage you to, to do that now because it is a beautiful thing to see what it really looks like for him to be with us and um, to dismiss some of the myths that we have about God, honestly, too and just uh, recognize the power of his presence. And I think one of the sweetest things that he reminded me even to remind others was that he saw our needs so long ago that not only did he plan to come to earth as Emmanuel God with us, but then after the 40 days that Jesus walked the earth after the resurrection, he gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit and has continued to see our need for Emmanuel God with us and meet us in that need. And so not a day has passed that he didn't know we needed him to be with us yeah. and that he provided for that. And that's a beautiful gift if we can get our heads around it. Right, that's right. 
Um, and as we uh, look at that, and we'll explain that further, uh, how significant that is, um, uh, why don't we read Matthew 1. This is, uh, the Christmas story is in a couple different places, particularly uh, Luke, of course, uh, is uh, a central piece of that. He talks about Zacharias, who was, a, you know, and, and his wife, uh, Elizabeth, uh, where God answered their prayer, and then they have the baby John the Baptist. Uh, and then uh, uh, six months later, uh, Mary becomes pregnant, and of course she's announced uh, of she's going to have the baby, and uh, she says, you know, um, uh, nothing is impossible with God, and, and may it be so. And, uh, and then Luke 2 uh, talks about the details of them being in Bethlehem and the inn and the, the stable uh, right. and, the, and the angels and the shepherds, you know, and all that description uh, of it. Matthew um, then talks really about Joseph's side of it, um, of, of speaking to him. Because remember, think of the, the issue uh, that um, already, uh, you know, Joseph is... Uh, you know, being being told by Mary that she's <laughs> she's pregnant, uh, and it's supernatural, and right. and he, you know, it's like, uh, you know, no, um, what you know, you've done something, and so I've got to take care of this because uh, it's it's not a natural thing. Because uh, this is why, by the way, the uh, engagement period, interesting enough, was a year. Uh, and that, so when you got engaged to be married, you had to go an entire year to verify that you were pure. Oh, wow. Because uh, with, with, within that year, you, you would know if somebody's pregnant. And, <laughs> it would be shown otherwise. Yeah, it would yes. be shown, you know. Um, and then, by the way, and this is interesting, uh, you know, in, in uh, John, uh, Jesus speaks and says, uh, John uh, 14, verse 1, I'm going to prepare a place for you, mm-hmm. and take you take you there. Uh, in my Father's house are many, you know, ma- literally uh, the word mansions are fantastic places that I'm going to take you. Right. Well, uh, during that year, the husband to be mm-hmm. would build a a new space in their in his Father's house. Uh, so their their uh, their space for the family would grow by the by the one room. That the that the father to be or the husband to be would go prepare for the bride. Oh, that's beautiful! I had no idea of that. Yeah, um, and that's how they and then they would grow and then ultimately because of remember they only they only lived, you know, normally they lived between thirty and forty fifty years at the most. You know that they you know they were dying with disease and things like that. So, Old uh, Testament, they were living much longer. Old, it's interesting, yeah. Old yeah. Testament much longer, and and during this time, it's it's not, um, and uh, and so um, there is, <laughs> they go to prepare a, a place. Uh, remember, they're getting married at age thirteen, fourteen, uh, and they're living with their parents. And then by the time, you know, uh, they have children, etc., the parents wind up passing. And then they take over the main spot, and then their kids are getting to the age where they then get married, and they they right. either take and over that build spot, build additional rooms, if build necessary. additional room, and or prepare. I prepare a place for you. So, uh, you know, it's really interesting. So Joseph, Joseph and Mary. I mean, this is for us. It's hard to fathom this because you right. you've got kids that are in uh, you know going to, ready to go to college and in college, and I've got grandchildren that are teenagers, and you know mm-hmm. it, it it's almost like. 
you can't imagine so <laughs> at age 13 they're getting married right. they're getting married right. but that's when they're adults and they're getting married uh, so so this story uh, which talks about God with us is uh, Matthew uh, 1 uh, verses 18 through uh, 25 so if you'd read that for us and then we can talk a little bit about sure. about that now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and they called his name Jesus. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the prophet's Isaiah, mm -hmm. uh, and... Uh, you know, chapter uh, you know seven, particularly, it talks about Emmanuel, uh, Christ is coming, and um, unto us a son is given, unto us a son is born, and his name shall be called, you know, Counselor, uh, Prince of Peace, uh, Wonderful. Uh, so he describes the birth of Jesus, and he says that um, he's going to be Emmanuel, um, and, and as you've stated, uh, it's God with us. Um, and it's not, we got to look at this as uh, it's deeper than just God came to earth. Right. And you could take it kind of in a generic way. Well, yes, God visited us, us being mankind, and he came to earth. And yeah, it's God, it's God with us. It's no, it's... But it was so much more. <laughs> it's so much more. It's literally um, the life of Christ is now because he came to earth as a baby so that he could demonstrate what it meant to follow him in his kingdom by walking in the Holy Spirit. Remember, uh, Christ said, I did nothing except what the Father spoke to me. Right. I, I surrendered my will, you know, I, I, and I did that as a, as a person. Uh, and he wanted to demonstrate that the, that life was available to us and to tend to ultimately then go to the cross and die for our sin because we could we couldn't we didn't have any solution on our own because the requirement as you know was perfection so that when it said christ god with us it's releasing that requirement for perfection and he says i'm giving you my life to now live out the righteousness that i have for you and the privilege of joining me and be seated by the way um, you do that through faith but continue to live that way, and this is what you and I are so uh, convicted about, is, is that's what God wants, is to be with us. And to be with us means he's living through us and in us. We're the visible representation of the invisible God. And the only way that happens is what we started with, our whole series this last year, Abiding. Yes. Uh, that apart from him, we can do what? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. See, we can't, we can't, and, and think of it, that's why this word Emmanuel is so critical is it's really simple is are we with him because he wants to be with us 
Now he's he's with it's the whole. It's his delight to be with us. It's his delight to be with us, and uh, you know he said to Joseph, "Call him Emmanuel, mm-hmm. God with us," because that's what I want you to understand and keep helping. Like you're you're experiencing the depth of that. Is are you experiencing you know uh, the Christmas season? with God with you, and that means, uh, and, and we talked about this yesterday with Dan and Linda, are you having joy? Um, are, you, are you exuberant at the process of, of celebrating the life of Christ, or has this become, become a burden to you? Has this become right. difficult because you're actually not living with him and he's not living with you, right. you're doing all this in the flesh. Yeah, and one of the beautiful things about that is even as you're saying that, you know, there are people listening that um, this time of year brings such grief and sorrow because of loved ones lost or um, just division that's going on in the family, things like that. But when we are really embracing God with us, what you're talking about, that joy is not dependent on our circumstances. That joy comes in the midst of all of that as we experience him with us as comforter as counselor as love as as joy as peace we experience all those things right even in the midst of what can be a difficult season absolutely too. yeah and and with the and in the series we're in is that <clears throat> yeah we may have difficulty but um god with us means he's going to resolve it um, he's yes. going to bring resolution we can trust it because why uh in a sense the simplicity well, God's with us, and He can do it. <laughs> right. right. Uh, and that's why He came, is to give us life and give it to us super abundantly. Uh, and the life is Emmanuel. See, it, and that's, that's what we're trying to get to the depth of that is, see, it's not a system. It's not a religion. Right. It's not a theology. It's a person. Mm-hmm. It's and Christ. a relationship it's a relationship with that person. It's Christ with us. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. a rela- it's God Himself spending his life with me personally while he's spending his life with you personally. And that it's beyond us to, to figure out how that works. Cause it's, mm-hmm. we can't, we can't imagine that we can, we can think, well, maybe you can right. do a few, <laughs> right. but you can do millions of people at the same time. You know? Yeah. The answer is, yeah, right. um, I can't. Well, and the other thing we can't imagine is honestly, you know, we have family come into town and how often after, a few days of a, lots of extended people in. Are you ready for them to all right, go home? Right, you right, know? Right, okay, okay. And, and so it's hard for us to fathom that his heart to be with us is also 24 seven. That's it, yeah, yeah. That that he doesn't get tired of us. Even yeah. when we act up, even when we you know do whatever, he still desires to be with us and delights in that time. Yeah, and one of the things, and this, this always struck Linda and I, um, because of the joy that we learn to to receive, one of the one of the elements of joy uh, is uh, Christmas carols. Uh, that uh, they bring this richness, and uh, particularly when you sing them over and over and over again every season, which is why, by the way, we we, we do that with our grandkids and our kids. Is right. is they it, it brings about an emotion uh, that. Oh, it's Christmas season. We get to sing these Christmas carols, which have meaning, and they bring an emotion to to us. Of and, and for us, uh, there's a joy to that. Uh, yes, there's there's a depth. There's a, there's a depth to that. So we thought we'd spend a few minutes where we uh, we're going to have a short uh, session today, just celebrating Christmas. We talk about 
a few of the Christmas carol histories, uh, these songs, because, you know, uh, it's kind of funny, you know, we've been singing them for so long, uh, we don't realize, you know, either how old they are or... Uh, in a in a way, where did they come up with these fantastic right. songs <laughs> right. that um, uh, are different? So uh, let me talk about the first one. It's called, and it's interesting. Uh, it's uh, oh, uh, oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, God with us. Oh, yay! Um, and uh, it's a uh, it's a ninth century poem that was penned by a by a believer, um, mm. and uh, they were you know they had uh, back then it was primarily. Uh, psalms were read and poems were written and that's with how they expressed some truth uh, it okay. was what they could write and they they weren't necessarily putting it to music well um, in the 19th century so in the 1800s uh, there was a uh, a priest called John Mason Neal uh, and he was reading this ancient book of poetry and came across this Latin poem O Come O Come Emmanuel uh, and so he was um, uh, really struck by it. And so um, uh, what he did is, because he knew 20 languages, uh, he translated it into the different languages from Latin. And then he decided to uh, put uh, music and harmony to it. Oh, really? Uh, and so he came up with the melody mm -hmm. of how we sing, you know, Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. So... He did that, and he's the one that put the harmony to the poem that was already written, um, oh, and then and then and then that. it became and became great. very popular, uh, which is uh, interesting enough. And you and you say it. This is happens to be one of the first hymns, songs, uh, carols that we our family sings, mm. because we we always want to start. Remember, Emmanuel. Right. God with us. That's why this whole thing is happening. That's yeah. why everything happened. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The next one is uh, Joy to the World. Um, mm. And um, uh, it was, again, uh, uh, the European churches uh, back in the, uh, this is in the 1700s and 1800s. Uh, they, again, were um, uh, Psalms of the Old Testament, um, and they read them. Um, and so uh, this guy, Isaac Watts, uh, and I'll tell you a little bit about him. He loved the Bible, and um, he wanted it. He wanted to put him to song. Uh, so <laughs> this is he's 15 years old again uh, in Europe uh, in the 1700s, um, and he went to his pastor and said, "This the service, the worship service was literally. This is the words he uses: atrocious." <laughs> <laughs> it was oh, no. this is awful you know and and so that the priest the pastor says well then why don't you write something hmm. um, and give us something better uh, so he went home 15 years old um, and he uh, he wrote his first hymn and it wasn't a Christmas hymn he just wrote his first hymn and then the, the pastor said man this this is really cool let's, we'll, we'll you know what that one was by it, it doesn't chance? say it doesn't say what it okay. was okay um, i wonder what it was um and then um he got uh attracted to uh the uh psalm uh you know 95 through 100 of of joy yes. and he wrote a song of joy out of it uh rejoicing uh that uh it became salvation when jesus came to give to mm -hmm. give us joy, joy to the world, and he basically took music from Handel, who wrote the Messiah, 
uh-huh. and he attached a, a, a melody to the words, and he he put all that together and wrote oh, joy and wrote joy to the world. Uh, it's really cool. Um, and then in uh, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, uh, this is in the 1700s. Uh, you know you know Charles Wesley, right? Uh, that mm-hmm. founded Wesleyism. Right, right. Um, well, he uh, had decided that he wanted to write a poem mm-hmm. for Christmas worship. Um, and so he wrote this, this uh, uh, it was, uh, <laughs> his original, I mean, Wesley was like this. He wrote 10 verses. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> 10, 10 four-line stanzas, you know, so and, uh, it was extensive. Um, and um, his, wow. line, his line was, instead of glory to the newborn king, hark the herald angels sing glory to the newborn king, it was glory to the king of kings. Um, oh, I like that too. Uh, and then uh, Whitfield, George Whitfield, uh, was an, an American uh, preacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was friends, contemporaries, uh, student of Wesley. Uh, so he took it, um, and he, he he changed that King of Kings to Glory to the Newborn King, because he wanted to make it purely a Christmas song. Purely Christmas. Oh, I um, love that. And then and then he reduced the stance to stanzas <laughs> uh, down to uh, three to four. And said, you know, we, we can't handle ten, you know, so we're gonna <laughs> we're, we're gonna do three to four. So Wesley uh, is the one that that wrote it, and then Whitfield is the one that really refined edited it. it. Edited it. Uh, <laughs> uh, this one, uh, Silent Night, Holy Night. Um, this is Joseph Moore, M O H R. He was a pastor of a church in Oberndorf, uh, Salzburg, Austria. Now. Okay. Uh, oh, Lind- I've been to Salzburg. Yeah, Linda and I, Linda and I uh, led a retreat, leaders retreat there. Uh, we did actually three weeks back to back to back, mm-hmm. and we rented a castle in Oberdorf. Oh, right, out, right, right outside. And so they're all about uh, Silent Night uh, history. So we got to go over to the church where he wrote it uh, oh, and really, geez. you know, get into the depth of it. But. Um, um, he had uh, during the Christmas season, and they, remember they're they're in uh, tra- uh, transported around by sleighs because mm-hmm. it's winter and snow there. Okay. So he was out uh, traveling, and he just got overwhelmed by the uh, beauty uh, of mm-hmm. uh, the and the kind of what he uh, termed as the silence of the wintry night, just experiencing. You know the magnificent of that, right. um, and so he, interesting enough, um, he remembered when it struck him. And I see, I believe this is this has got it at work. He wrote a poem three years before that, and it was silent, oh, really? silent night, holy night, and he didn't do anything with it. He just wrote it, uh, oh, and God brought it back. And to, God brought to it mind. back to him yeah. as, hey, do you do you understand the beauty of this? And he said, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's going to have a church service the next day, which is Christmas Eve. Right. So he, go, he goes to the organist, and his name was Franz Gruber, uh, and says, um, you know, I, I know you're not going to be able to do this with an organ, but can you create a guitar accompaniment? And, I, and here's kind of the, the thought of it. Could you write the melody of it? So Franz Gruber wrote the melody of To Silent Night, Holy Night. So... Uh, Moore had written the words, the, the poem, and Gruber wrote the melody, and the next day, they played it on Christmas Eve oh, uh, in, in their church uh, in Austria. Um, and then, 
because he was um, had exposure, Salzburg was a famous place, and uh, uh, literally uh, famous people came. Uh, you know, King Frederick William came, uh, and he heard it, and so he took it around into Europe and promoted it as you know. Hey, at Christmas, I want everybody to sing this song. You know, so. That, that's how it grew, um, and uh, it truly became, you know, uh, it's been uh, translated now into 300 languages around the world. Wow. And it's a famous- yeah, it's, it's probably one of the most famous Christmas carols of all, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another one is uh, Oh Holy Night. Uh, mm. This is in the 1840s. Um, a, uh, there was a, a parish priest in, in a French uh, town, and he uh, uh, went to a local poet um, uh, actually, he was uh, uh, also the uh, uh, the guy that was in charge of the wine, the wine for the for, this, uh -huh. for the city, and said, "Hey, I want you to write a poem uh, uh, for uh, you know something out of the Gospel of Luke, uh, so that we could we could do something in you know in the church." And uh, he wrote "O Holy Night" um, out of out of scripture, um, and then he he had a friend. Uh, so that was, by the way, his name was Capo. Uh, he had a friend called Charles Adams, uh, and he said, you know, could you put music to this? So they did, and then three weeks later, uh, they sang that first uh, expression in France. So it's a French uh, carol, uh, O Holy Night, um, and, uh, and they grew it. And there's a really cool story about it, um, is that in 1871, uh, there was a fighting between French and Germany called the Franco-Prussian War, Right. Um, and there is a soldier, um, and this is Christmas Eve, uh, and they're fighting each other. He he jumps out of the out of the trench because they had, they dug trenches then even back then, and he starts singing "Oh Holy Night." Hmm. He stands up, you know, and the Germans are going to fire at him. Right. He he starts singing "Oh Holy Night." Well, because it by this time had become popular on the other side, a German soldier stands up. And he joins them in singing "Oh Holy Night," oh. Uh, and so they st everybody stopped, um, mm -hmm. and they had uh, uh, a few days of, <laughs> of no fighting, and they basically said, wow. "Okay, we're going to celebrate Christmas, you know, while we're here." So it's a it's a pretty cool uh, thing. Um, and then uh, uh, just one more uh, is um, you know you know the t uh, old Christmas tree or old Tannenbaum? Yes. Yeah. Um, so this. Uh, again comes out of Germany uh, and uh, in the 16th century uh, there was this guy Melchior Frank uh, he wrote a, a, a song about a small fir tree uh, to be able to decorate beside the nativity scene so they had nativity scenes uh, they, they already did that in the 16th century and then he decided um, to put a Christmas what we call a Christmas tree next to it a pine tree and, dec mm -hmm. and decorate it and then he wrote, he writes the song Otanabam. Uh, and then over the next, uh, literally over the next 200 years, uh, they kept refining it and singing it. And then uh, in the 1800s, the Germans began, became a, began a tradition of, of, and what they did, and my wife's German, so I've, I've seen this. Uh, they actually, you and I, you know, how many trees did you decorate? Nine. Okay. When when did you when did you decorate them? 
We started right after Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> so you've been doing it all month. Uh, and, yes, and, and we yes. Americans, who particularly they get you know, uh, excited about uh, Christmas, you know, we, we're decorating and have it all up and enjoy it all month. Well, the Germans, mm-hmm. literally, um, they would bring the tree in on Christmas Eve. And then everybody would decorate it. Of course, they had to have candles and they put them, you right. know, and light them. And then they would actually have Christmas Eve and then they would actually open their presents. So they'd, they'd decorate the tree and then they'd open presents. Um, and that's how they celebrated. And they always, they always sang, uh, Oh, Tannenbaum. Um, and so uh, Martin Luther uh, picked it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were already at this time celebrating, you know, Oh, Tannenbaum, uh, Christmas right. Eve. Well, Martin Luther took it, and he uh, expanded it into, uh, or no, sorry, he shortened it uh, into like one or two verses, um, and, okay. and, uh, and people didn't like it very much. So he had a friend uh, that came to him and said, why are you being so stupid? Mm-hmm. Write, write a few more verses. It'll be way more popular <laughs> if you write a few more verses, you know, so... You know, don't be foolish. Don't be. He, taught, he right. said, "He said to him, don't be stupid, and do it." So he um, he did. Martin Luther <laughs> expanded the verses and then promoted O Tannenbaum, um, and that's why that's why we sing it. You know, every everybody sings it. You know, all over the place. So oh, that's excellent. Uh, so you know, and there's many, many more of uh, of history, but it's really fun to you know think about. Christmas carols and the origin of them and that, you know, somebody was led to right. and then translated it. And think about these have been around centuries. Yes. Uh, and there is something about them and being set to music that just does move you yeah. and really sets your heart, puts your focus back on what's really the meaning of Christmas. It's yeah. a beautiful gift that God gave us through these talented people. Yeah. Yeah. Really talented people. Um, and uh, so it's, you know, it's, as we celebrate Christmas, uh, you know, we would urge you to uh, do a couple things. Uh, one, uh, make sure that you you receive Emmanuel. Yes. Uh, God with us. It's more than just came to earth, uh, which he obviously did uh, for the sake of mankind, but he also came to us personally to be with us because that's the depth of what Emmanuel is. And so. As you're celebrating, uh, you know, today, tomorrow, and this week, in between uh, now and New Year's, uh, is enjoy God with you. You know, spend time in the Word. We'd urge you to go back to these verses in in, uh, Luke 2 and and Matthew uh, chapter 1 uh, and read those, process those, and and think about the depth of what these are. Emmanuel, God with us, nothing is is impossible for God. uh, That... He wants to deliver it. And by the way, there's a whole beautiful, what's called Mary's song is in Luke chapter uh, one that describes her response to all this and uh, what happens with all this in Luke chapter two where uh, it talks about the government and the kingdom that, that he is bringing with him to, so that we could be with him. It's, re- it's really cool. I'd love to highlight. I don't know if anyone has not had the opportunity to see it yet at this point and can still see it. The Chosen Christmas Special. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I've shared that with you, uh, Rich, but the sweetness, what you're talking about, they even really talk, they show Mary developing Mary's song. Yes. And because it, the, the episode goes back to what was it for Mary and Joseph then as they brought 
um, the savior into the world and it, it journeys with them in that episode and it's so sweet and one of the really neat things about it too even as we talk about abiding and we've talked about unity and all of these things throughout our podcast um, they show you know we we shared Joseph's side of the story this morning when we read the Matthew version and Luke really shares Mary's heart and Mary's right. song um, and there's a scene in this Christmas special where they're talking and they're struggling. You know, they're, they're scared of what's coming and a little intimidated even as they're right on the edge of this birth. And, you know, Joseph looks at Mary and he says something to the fact, remember what the angel told you and what he told me. Yeah. We cling to that message. He gave us yeah. the same message. Yes. Because he gave us the same message, we can do this we are we're in this together and we're bringing in and it was just beautiful because you saw unity you saw abiding you saw a real struggle and you saw they they just did it such in such a beautiful way to bring to life what that was like for them and um and then bringing emmanuel with us to us yep yep and uh and so as you're in the word and and receiving that and make sure that you do take the time for that uh god with us as well as you know, urge you to think of, you know, even a few Christmas, uh, favorite Christmas carols that you like, uh, yeah. is remember these are, you know, decades and centuries old that God brought forth for our joy uh, and to enjoy them, you know, and really enjoy right. the words of them and think about the words that are being spoken So and sung. So we wish you a Merry Christmas. Kathy, it's been a great uh, time and I know that you're going to enjoy your family and we will with ours. And uh, we're we're going to celebrate God with us uh, for sure. So absolutely, Merry Christmas to everyone. Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining us, and Merry Christmas to you and Linda. Have fun with yeah. your family. Yeah, you this too, week. with Dan and the kids and everybody, and being uh, your tradition of all everybody being in the same bedroom yes. at night. So that'll that'll be fun. <laughs> It'll be fun. Yeah. It will so be fun. Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody, and uh, may you have a great weekend and celebrate. We'll see you Monday. We'll pick up more on. Uh, our series of overcoming uh, worry, fear, and anxiety uh, as we continue to celebrate Emmanuel. Absolutely. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.